For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today is absolutely nobody because my good old buddy, old friend, old pal, and co-host, Corey Walsh, is feeling a little under the weather. But with that being the case, that does kind of give me the opportunity to do something that I haven't done in quite some time, and that is going a good old-fashioned rant. And what am I going to be ranting about, you might ask? Well, it's in the title, guys. Colin Sexton, Donovan Mitchell, would a potential trade have even made sense in the first place? Well, now we may never know, as Ian Begley has just reported that Cleveland has removed themselves from the Donovan Mitchell trade talks altogether per SYN sources. And so when you really take a look at these two, it's deeper than, well, Donovan Mitchell is a better player than Colin Sexton. It truly is deeper than that. There is a lot of context that goes into establishing just how effective a player is, just how good of a player is, and just how much better a player is than another player. And so that is no different here. Now, I've always held the mindset that I do truly believe that Donovan Mitchell at this point in his career is a better overall player than Colin Sexton, but not by a country mile, not by that much of it's not a big gap. I'll just go ahead and say that I do not believe that there is that large of a gap between Donovan Mitchell and Colin Sexton. And so, you know, when I talk about how deep this truly is. You have to factor in a multitude of things. One, and let's start here, the teams and and the situations in which they were first placed into. And so it's important to note this. Donovan Mitchell entered the NBA during the 2017-2018 draft, well, that offseason. And so he joined a team that was already rostering Rudy Gobert. You know, a three-time defensive player of the year since Rodney Hood was still on the roster, Derek Favors, Dante Exum, Jay Crowder, Alec Burks. There were a number of players still on this roster that are contributing, you know, at a high level, whether that be uh, with Utah still or in another NBA uh, franchise altogether. But it was pretty good. I mean, during that rookie season, a 21-year-old Donovan Mitchell averaged 20.5 points per game. He was actually 
the leading scorer for the team, um, you know, followed by Rodney Hood, who just so happened to be shipped out of town to Cleveland during that season. Uh, Rudy Gobert posted a double-double, 13.5 points, 10.7 rebounds. Very good play. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio, as you know, a Utah Jazz member, was pretty good during that season, too. He was a really good reason uh, that Donovan Mitchell was able to do a lot of the things that he was able to do during his rookie season. And so I'm saying all this just to kind of highlight the differences in between the two situations. And so when we flip over to Colin Sexton, you know, we know Colin Sexton was drafted eighth overall by Cleveland uh, in 2018, following the departure of uh, franchise hero LeBron James. Um, and we know the team was heading towards a, you know, an absolute teardown. And so when you really look at the situations in which these two uh, entered their their careers or started their careers, rather, it's a huge contrast. And so when you look at the roster that Colin Sexton became a part of upon being drafted, it's just complete night and day, in my opinion. I mean, if you're truly looking at this roster from the 2017, well, 2018, 2019 season, there is no doubt about it that they were not going to win anything. I mean, Kevin Love, at that point in his career, you know, had not yet accepted that he was probably going to be, you know, phased down to a role player and not necessarily a starting uh, power forward. Um, he only suited up in 22 games that season. Jordan Clarkson, uh, a player that many people like to liken Sexton to at this point, may have in fact been their second, maybe even their best player that season. He averaged 16.8 points per game, which was honestly, if you're you're not factoring in the fact that Kevin Love only played 22 games that season, that was that was probably the the, the leading scorer for Cleveland during that period of time. Then you have Colin Sexton. You know, he played all 82 games that season, averaged 16.7 points. They did not have a lot of pieces on that roster. You know, you still had championship holdovers in Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, but we all know that these guys were just really, you know, more so in the case of Tristan Thompson, role players. Nobody who was going to really help contribute to winning a ton of games. And so the talent discrepancy between Utah and Cleveland during each respective rookie season could not have been more different. Cleveland only managed to scrape out, I want to say, 19 wins during that season. Conversely, Donovan Mitchell's Utah Jazz finished 48 and 34, which again was good enough for fifth in the Western Conference during his rookie season. So he did help lead them uh, to the playoffs. And Colin Sesson was not able to do so. Does that mean that Donovan, by virtue of being able to help do that, is a better overall player than Colin Sexton? Absolutely not. It's just different. You cannot simply judge one player and put that on one player. This is a team sport. And so to dive even further into this, let's look at the head-to-head matchups because that is pretty telling in my opinion. And so Colin Sexton and Donovan Mitchell have played a grand total of four games against one another since uh, Colin entered the league. And so 
there's a lot of dead evenness in this to me because on the one hand, you have Colin Sexton and Donovan Mitchell tying in points per game, 20 on average in those four games. Donovan Mitchell leads the way in rebounds. He's four rebounds to Collins 3.3. He also has the advantage uh, in assists, 4.3 to 2.5. And uh, blocks, uh, which one half to Collins zero. Where Collin has the advantage here is in the steals department in those four games. 1.8 to Mitchell's 0.8. And so when you when you take it a step further and look at the game highs for each, Donovan Mitchell has only topped 24 points. Colin Sexton was able to notch 32. And so when you know to 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 go and pile further on to that, I mean I hate to say this, but Donovan Mitchell has won each one of these matchups and pretty convincingly, by the way. And I'm not going to say that's completely on Donovan. The teams just flat out were mismatched. Donovan's Jazz completely beat up on Cleveland each time they saw them. There was really no no really good matchup in this. I think I want to say the closest score that we have here is 126 Jazz to 113 Cleveland. And then that was in the game in which Donovan scored 19 and Colin scored 32. And so the main differentiating factors in between these two is not necessarily them. When you're looking at them, you might think that Donovan is just a completely better player. I don't. I honestly believe that if you flip-flop the two and give Colin the same circumstances and teammates uh, to begin his career that Donovan had, I think you could probably see some similar stats. And conversely, if you place Donovan in Colin's situation during the 2018-2019 season, I don't think he'd be that much more successful. Maybe two to three more wins. Maybe you put yourself out of position uh, to draft a guy like Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro and Evan Mobley, what have you, but you certainly are not going to get out of the lottery. I do not believe the difference between the two, the gap between the two is that large. And when you're looking at the head-to-head here, as I just suggested, they're almost deadlocked in, in a lot of these categories. There's not really anything that separates them that largely. The points per game is dead even. The rebound isn't that far off. The assist is really the biggest leap in, in Donovan's favor. Um, and, and the steals between the two, Colin leads in that category. Uh, the, the thing that people will probably continuously point out is that Utah won every single one of their matchups. But again, This is a team sport. You cannot solely place that on Colin Sexton as the team really did not field a truly competitive roster until the 21-22 season. We all know that. Let's not kid ourselves here. Donovan entered the league uh, on a team that was already pretty flush with talent. Were they world beaters? No. Were they special? No. But they were obviously leaps and bounds ahead of Cleveland in the talent category. And for those of you who like to point out that, well, Darius Garland and Jared Allen were on the roster last season. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) But guess what? Guess who was not on the roster during that season or those seasons? Evan Mobley, Ricky Rubio, who was on the Jazz during uh, during Donovan's rookie season. 
Lowry Markkinen, these are key difference makers, guys. These are players that if they had been on the 2021 season in which Colin had his breakout 24.3 points per game, I truly believe that Cleveland probably would have made the playoffs or challenged for the play-in tournament that season. They could have done it. They, you know, they weren't so far out of the group in regards to you know being competitive they always play competitive but in terms of sheer talent in terms of sheer uh, sheer fit they just were not able to put together performances that resulted in a ton of wins because they had obvious holes they lacked a true backup point guard they got that this season in ricky rubio that was a big factor in darius garland taking off that was a big factor in being able to allow some of these guys to get some rests. They did not have that in Collins' previous three seasons. And so I think it's a little unfair to simply say this guy is better than this guy, truly based upon the win-loss record of both teams. It's not that it, – it, it's there's not a big correlation there in my opinion. Now – Obviously, both of these guys are pretty high-level scorers, but they get the job done in different ways. When you t- when you tend to look at what Donovan Mitchell brings to the table in regards to how he scores his points, it is different from the Colin. We know traditionally that Donovan likes to take that three ball or likes to take that three-point shot a lot more than Colin. I mean, case in point. Colin Sexton, to my knowledge, has never averaged more than 4.4 three-point attempts per game in any given season. Donovan Mitchell, on the other hand, has just finished a season in which he averaged over 9.8. This man took 9.8 three-point shots per game, that more than doubling what Colin Sexton has ever done. So we know that Donovan is different in that regard. We know that he could potentially be a floor spacer. But Colin just gets it done in a different way. He's much more of a mid-range, rim-heavy type of dude. And he is pretty damn efficient at getting it done that way in that regard. I mean, it, it really speaks to say that Donovan Mitchell's overall field goal percentage is actually lower than Collins. Collins' career field goal percentage is 45.8%. Donovan Mitchell's is 44.1%. That's not a huge difference, but that just goes to show that Collins, although he's not taking a high volume of three-point shots, he is pretty efficient at what he does elsewhere. He is efficient. On his two-point field goals, he averages 48.4% to Donovan Mitchell's 49.3%. So Donovan is still pretty pretty good in that category, but he's not, uh, you know, due to his three-point volume, that's what kind of hurts his overall field goal percentage. So both kind of get the job done in different ways. But that does not mean that the gap between the two is so large that, um, you know, Colin Sexton couldn't turn into a Donovan Mitchell light or perhaps even better than Donovan one day. We just don't know. We, we never truly got to see Colin in a full season's worth of games alongside some pretty talented teammates. Uh, again, you know, for the people who like to chirp out, well, DG and Jared and, you know, Kevin Love are on the roster, too. Yes. They were, 
but it was a completely different situation. Darius Garland was still obviously not himself, at least up until the second half of his second season. And Jared Allen was still really trying to figure things out. Uh, and, And Kevin Love, you know, we know the story on Kevin Love. Kevin Love has just played the most games that he's ever played in five seasons. It was a key reason in, you know, a key determining factor in him uh, finishing second in the sixth man of the year award race. That in him coming to terms with his role uh, with the franchise. He hadn't yet done that in Collins' last full season. So a lot of things are different, and a lot of things have to be contextualized when you're really uh, looking at the two. There's just It's just not as simple as saying, Donovan Mitchell fits better than Colin Sexton would on this franchise, uh, on this team, because that's just simply an over, you know, uh, it's really, in my opinion, it's not true because they're both 6'1". That does not eliminate the size issues that many people like to complain about. Although I I happen to think that that's wildly overblown because you have a front court that is uniquely suited to cover up for a lot of those defensive deficiencies that the front court might present you. We know Darius Garland is not that great of a defender. We know Colin Sexton is not that great of a defender, but they try. And especially in the case of Colin, the natural tools are there. We saw it in high school. We saw it in college at Alabama. They're there. The defensive tendencies, the innate ability to defend for Colin is there. He can do it. He's just undersized. And so that hurts his, you know, how effective he can be as a two guard, a starting two guard in the NBA. And that's why a lot of people think that he should come off the bench and you should allow Karis LeVert to take the starting role. That's a whole nother conversation. We're not here to talk about that. But when you're referencing the two, you have to at least mention that Donovan Mitchell is the same damn height. It does not solve the defensive issues. And we, we just don't know. We, you know, we know that Mitchell is a bona fide star. You know, and I, I keep seeing those words, bona fide star. We know that. But we don't know what Donovan Mitchell actually would have looked like had he entered in the same type of situation that Colin did. And so for a lot of people who like to say Colin, you know, put up stats on a bad team. Well, I mean, that's kind of built in. <laughs> You're going to do that. Somebody has to take the shot. Somebody has to score the basketball. Do I know if Colin Sexton for his career could put up 43, uh, not 43, uh, 24 plus points per game on a good team? No, I don't know that. But what I do know is that he's still a very good young player. This man is just 23 years old and he could provide you, I feel, I feel, and this is my opinion, I feel that he could provide you many of the same skills on a cheaper contract than a Donovan Mitchell could. And I want to say Donovan's going to be making something like 32 point something mil next season. Uh, But Colin, you know, has just been offered 13.3. And we know that he's probably not going to play on that. And he's probably going to opt to play the 2022-23 season out on the qualifying offer to hit unrestricted free agency during, you know, next offseason. And so uh, that's scary within itself. That's a conversation that has continued to go on. But I still feel that you could probably offer Colin a, you know, a higher deal, um, you know, and who knows what that could actually be and still 
come out lower than what Donovan is due to be making uh, on on his contract if you were to be traded to Cleo. And not to mention that it kind of mucks up the things in regards to Evan Mobley's, you know, rookie scale max extension. Um, well, rookie max extension, rather. There's just a lot of things here that have to be taken into account. And so when you're looking at it that way and you're trying to evaluate whether or not, you know, a trade even made sense in the first place, I'm just not there. I'm not here for it because I feel like the value that you'd get out of Colin on a possibly cheaper deal would make up for the fact that he may not be as good of a player as Mitchell. Because if you're still getting a lot of what Mitchell brings to the table on a cheaper deal in a younger player in a homegrown talent and not having to sacrifice extra pieces picks players whatever to salary match that's to me that's that's a no-brainer you just don't pull the trigger on that deal um you know as i've often said when a star becomes available you do have to do your due diligence you have to go out there and Um, You know, make a phone call, see what it would cost to acquire said potential star. That's just business in the NBA and professional sports in general. We would all do that. But the thing here to keep in mind is that you don't need to. You don't have to. You have a very good core already in place. You have a player who is potentially along the same lines of the player that you would be potentially trading for. So to me, it never made sense to do in the first place. And a lot of this is probably just the calf blowing smoke, <laughs> uh, as we often see in, in the offseason. But it's still something that is a bit concerning, considering the fact that Colin Sexton still remains unsigned and the Cavs have been linked to a number of players this offseason, whether that be uh, <laughs> DeJounte Murray at certain points, Mitchell, uh, maybe even Kevin Durant. But... You just don't go out there and pull the trigger on a trade when you don't necessarily have to, especially when you have a very similar player on the roster. And so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out this episode like I always do. If you guys would like to reach out to us directly, you can at It's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you want to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said rating review to It's Cavalier 53 at gmail.com and we will personally add you. Go Cavs.